Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time to Ben Jarofsky show. As I speak, it is Thursday, June 29th, 2023. I want to read you a headline from today's Sun-Times. It's just illustrative of where we are as a society and also uh, the conversation I'm about to have and um, really a conversation I've been having a lot lately uh, because I speak. I think it speaks in so many ways to uh, the values of America in the year 2023. So here's the headline in the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, Mitchell Armentrout was the author of this article. <clears throat> I will now do this in my best a newsman reading voice. Aurora joins Rush for Bears' new stadium. How about that? That's my Bill Curtis voice. Aurora joins Rush for Bears' new stadium. I mean, I can't. <laughs> Folks, I can't make this stuff up. I'm, I'm trying not to laugh. Uh, Aurora, another suburban player has joined the Blitz. Get it? Bl- join the Blitz. Come on, Mitchell. You got a bunch of them. Uh, another suburban player has joined the Blitz to land a new stadium for the Bears. Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin sent a, quote, letter of interest this week inviting team president Kevin Warren to consider Illinois' second largest city as a destination for the multi-billion dollar dome of their dreams as the Bears field alternate Options during a property tax sale made over their freshly purchased land in Arlington Heights. All right, a few things just to um, just to help you out a little bit. The mayor of Aurora is indeed uh, Richard Irvin, I-R-V-I-N. If that name is familiar to you, it's because he was a candidate for the nomination uh, in the 2022 Republican primary for uh, governor. He was, ladies and gentlemen, if I can help you on this, was the quote-unquote moderate. Got that in quotes. Uh, Kenny G, Ken Griffin, the gazillionaire uh, who pretty much finances the uh, Republican Party or used to finance the Republican Party in Illinois, uh, plucked from obscurity and put up to run uh, in the hopes that a moderate (laughs) could defeat J.B. Pritzker. That's what we needed, a moderate. The only problem is, as I love to point out, to get the Republican nomination, a moderate had to run as a MAGA. So all of a sudden, 
Richard Urban was reinventing all the details of the life of Richard Urban to make himself accommodating to MAGA. And MAGA's like, no. If we're going to elect a MAGA, we're going 100% MAGA. And so they elected uh, Darren Bailey. $50 million, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, Kenny G spent on uh, Richard Irvin's campaign, and he got clobbered in that race. Uh, so now Richard Irvin is o- opening uh, up negotiations, hoping the Bears come to Aurora, saying, hey, you know, it'd be great for Aurora. We get jobs, et cetera, and so forth. Richard Irvin, I'm just going to throw this out as a suggestion. How about instead of taking $50 million of Kenny G's money uh, to run uh, an ill-advised campaign looking for MAGA votes, you'd use $50 million and invested it in Aurora. Think of the benefits. Instead of wasting money trying to get MAGA's votes, which they weren't going to give you anyway in a million years, I could have told you that, you know, because you're basically a moderate Democrat running as a Republican MAGA man. Why did you just use it to invest in Aurora? Sorry, rant and rave there. I uh, got the bears in my mind, ladies and gentlemen. It's really, uh, as I said, indicative of our time uh, that the state of Illinois, so many cities and towns in Illinois are just so hunger and eager to give their hard-earned money to the Chicago Bears. They won't spend it on schools. They won't spend it on the uh, dealing with uh, like health issues, criminal justice issues. No, give it to the Bears. Ready for me? I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself because we're going to be talking bear talk, and I'll be hmm, open-minded about giving money to the bears if they go to a certain site. So, without further ado, distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Good evening. Hi, this is Marie Collins Wright. I'm a Chicagoan and a lifelong Chicagoan, and I am a sports fan. But more importantly, I I am a Chicagoan. So I've been paying attention to Chicago my whole life. I'm a retiree from the state of Illinois, and I've traveled quite extensively around the state of Illinois in my years of service. So I consider myself to be a a lifetime resident of Illinois and Chicago. Thank you very much, Marie. Uh, and also a proud graduate, by the way, of Hirsch High School. Uh, but uh, also, I would like to point out, uh, she resides and has resided for a long time uh, on the far south side of Chicago, not far from the South Works, the old South Works steel mill, which I personally believe, for what it's worth, which is not much, Marie, because I don't have any clout or say. Uh, but I personally believe is so far the only legitimate site worthy of a billion-dollar handout to the Bears to develop. So uh, I reached out to you. Uh, I forget who connected us, but whoever was connected us, thank you for connecting us. Chris White. uh, To come on. Chris White. Thank you, Chris. How could I forget it was Chris White? Yes. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about, um, the, uh, South, uh, uh, works steel site as a possible, which I personally, while I'm doing this, there's a part of me that says they will never put this kind of money in the South side of Chicago, but maybe they'll prove me wrong. All right. So Marie, why don't you, uh, talk a little bit about the area itself. You live in the general vicinity. Uh, where is this site? 
When was there a steel mill there? How long it has has it been vacant? That sort of stuff. Go ahead. Well, uh, the steel mill was there for a long, long time. I don't know the exact years, but I do remember very well uh, when it when it ended in the late seventies. In the seventies, because my roommate from high school was a crane operator at the U.S. Steel, and so I had, uh, you know, an opportunity to meet a lot of people that worked there. And then I moved. When I was a teenager, I lived on South Shore Drive a lot. I thought it was just so wonderful to live uh, on the lakefront of beautiful, beautiful Lake Michigan. I just think that Chicago is just so blessed to have all of this beautiful water right at its edge. And its grace and beauty just every single day is different and amazing. And I remember very well when I decided to move on the uh, southeast side, I wanted to live in a multicultural community so, you know, that my children would have that experience growing up. I wouldn't want to be in just this neighborhood or that neighborhood. I wanted to be in a neighborhood that had all sorts of people living in it because I thought that's the most optimum uh, experience a person can have in life is to be around different people, different cultures. You learn a lot about people that way. And of course, I was very young and idealistic. That was about 38 years ago. And so in the last eight years, seven or eight years, I've been working with a community organization called Alliance of the Southeast and the Coalition uh, for a CBA for Southworks. But way before I was involved in the community, I was in love with the lakefront. I would never live away uh west of State Street, anywhere, north or south in the whole city. I needed to be by the water for whatever reason. I just felt compelled. It's so beautiful. And after I became, uh, you know, involved with the community, I started learning about uh, the toxicity uh, of the lakefront. And then one of our uh, former politicians had developed a plan, I do believe, to build a community uh, on that site, it's about, I don't know, it's more than 400 acres between uh, 79th and like 93rd Street, 91st Street. It's absolutely fabulous over there. Uh, it's right at the lakefront, that land. And it's contaminated, unfortunately. And uh, for years and years and years, uh, I've been wondering when I'm going to hear somebody uh, talk seriously about doing something over there. We had a couple of developers come through and make some proposals and it looked like everything was going to be going forward. And for always mysterious reasons that would never be divulged to the community, all of these plans always fell through for some reason. And a lot of those same developers, by the way, are the ones who are working on casinos and one, uh, the fancy stuff downtown and on the uh, south South Loop, all of those different uh, locations, some of the same people who looked at this location and uh, for whatever reason, apparently they didn't want to spend the money to clean it up. And so I've been very uh, disgusted about that because it's very, very valuable. Just where it's at is very valuable. And of course, I've seen a lot of engineering miracles in my life as a Chicagoan at working downtown. I've seen them take an old rail yard and turn it into a fabulous park 
Millennium Park. I've seen them put up high rises in place. I've seen the skid row people moved out and homes built. I just have seen a lot of things. I saw that I remember when I lived on the north side how North Halstead used to be just little rundown shanty houses and all of a sudden they became multi million dollar homes. I just have seen a lot of mir- miraculous things happen. So I'm always faithful that somebody will understand that that land is the largest parcel of land that I think in the city of Chicago that is nothing going on. It's close to our drinking water and it has to be cleaned up no matter what happens with the bears. Here is a glorious opportunity to fix a wrong, a wrong that was, no, we didn't know. We didn't know 100 years ago when U.S. Steel was uh, still receiving employment from leasing from people in the South who couldn't pay their debts, who used to come and work and work until they couldn't work anymore, were being sent to the U.S. Steel Company and the Ford Company, places like that. Historically, I've learned that since I became an adult, people that look like me. I, I just wonder why the racism and the um, government as it is right now won't fix a wrong because the value of that land is far more than a billion dollars, far more. And if they would have that site going forth, they would realize that they need to make the government and the U.S. still clean up that land. It would be wonderful for a sports venue as well as many other things. It's a lot of land. Okay. So let me interrupt you. And uh, this is a lot to respond to uh, in your opening statement. Uh, and you did tell me uh, you were unafraid to talk. So you, you backed that up in that opening statement. Uh, so let me ask you this. You are born and raised in the city of Chicago. You lived here your whole life. You understand Chicago. I'm not from Chicago. So help me understand this. Same lake. That I did learn this in my years. It's the same lake on the south side of Chicago as it is on the north side of Chicago. Okay? But you have, on the north side of Chicago, every inch that they could develop. They're developing. I'm not making this up, Marie. It's true. Okay? You live on the north side, you know. But on the south side, whenever... <laughs> Me, not being from Chicago, not understanding things, asks, well, why is this huge chunk of land on the lake? Hello, lakefront property. Why is that land not developed? When I ask the, the, the best minds in the city of Chicago, the smartest people in the city, they go, Ben, you don't understand. We have to remediate that land. It's very expensive. You don't understand. I'm like, I know if you had to remediate it on the north side, you would have already remediated it. So, Marie, help me out here. What's the difference, lifelong Chicagoan, between the south side and the north side where they'll remediate right away, but on the south side, no, you can't afford to because it's so expensive. Help me understand the difference between the north side and the south side. Go. Well, it's the city of neighborhoods. Ben, don't you know what that means? 77 neighborhoods. That means you stay in your space. (laughs) 77 neighborhoods. That's exactly what it means. Of course, I love everyone. And of course, I love the whole city. And I have been around this entire city. Uh, Here's the thing, though. 
the investment is important when you go past, let's say, 47th Street is your cutoff until the Obama Center came. And of course, you know, that's been very controversial for a lot of people. Some people say, oh, you can't build anything in the park. You can't. Well, we went to court over that. But the bottom line of it is that we've been trying to figure out a way to bring some of that sparkle and shine to this side of town so people could get jobs, maybe lay down a few guns and stuff instead of killing up everything. It's amazing to me, though, how our young people on the South Side they can't get any food or any place to live or anything like that. And they steal everybody's car, but they always got an automatic weapon at their disposal. I'm not really sure how, how that works. But what we have to do, if we want to really be a world-class city in Chicago, I like to see that before I go up on the other side of the dirt, is that we have to embrace everyone in our community. That's how we'll make it. That's how we'll make it. We have to embrace all. We embrace people we embrace immigrants and we embrace uh, other people that come here often to study at all of our illustrious universities that are second to none in the entire world. People come here to study at the University of Chicago and Northwest and all these places, all sorts of people. And so we, it's the same lake. It's the exact same lake. And so what we have to have is a cleanup. Uh, it's been way past due because the industrial age has passed. It's not a recent uh, occurrence. That's something that happened a while back. And what it is is the investment. The investment. It's been disinvestment because what we have going is someone somewhere who has decided that it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And, of course, everything is worth it. But what we have, this is not a new phenomenon in this country, and especially not in this city. This city was built on people staying on their side. You stay on your side. This is our side, and that's very territorial. But the lake belongs to everybody, north and south, all the way. As a matter of fact, there's a fight going on. I think it's a fight far north where some very, very wealthy billionaire person wants to have the whole lakefront so he can knock down mansions and just build his own house personally right at the lake. First of all, they should not allow people to try to take ownership of the shoreline because, you know, people buy water from the city of Chicago. They trust that the water is clean. We have a very uh, high um, quality um, water reclamation that cleans the water and it's people come here to study how we do it and it's very important and very successful and what we should be doing is we should be surrounding all of that with everything that we have at our disposal all of our knowledge all of our skills all of our investment to protect it because it's very valuable not only to Chicagoans and the people in Illinois who get Lake Michigan water, but people in the whole country and the world, really, because it's one of the largest bodies of fresh water. People live here a very long time. They don't even know their history about this lake and the lakefront or the river and how they reversed it. Lots of stuff going on with the water. And people have power over that water. They need to clean up what they did wrong. They allowed the heavy industry to monopolize that waterfront. And now we have science, engineering, technology that takes us to other 
galaxies, not other planets, other galaxies. But we can't clean up the lakefront. You know why we can't clean it up? Because the will is not there from the powers that be. All of those big guys, those investors who say that they want to make a difference on the South Side. I, I'm sorry, I want to give my condolences to the Crown family and many of the other uh, mega rich people who are the real power brokers behind the government of this state and this city. They need to start thinking outside of the box. They need to stop thinking about their uh, petty grievances and look at the big picture like Daniel Burnham did back in, I don't remember what year it was because I'm getting old and I don't have to remember those numbers. But he said, he set a plan for the lakefront, for this lakefront of the city of Chicago. And that plan has been in effect for a long time. But how did the heavy industry take possession of that valuable land? I wasn't around. I have not heard that story yet. I've been wondering about it since they made such great plans for this city. All right. So let me uh, uh, let, let, let's let me uh, ask you to zoom in on something that you mentioned. So let's uh, we, we've established that there's this huge chunk of undeveloped land on the lakefront, on valuable lakefront property. It's been undeveloped since the 70s when the steel mills left, when the steel mill closed. Uh, it's largely uh, inaccessible to the public because it's just, like, it, there's it's vacant land you could privately own, so uh, you can't walk on, no trespassing. Uh, forget the bears. Forget doing this for the bears for the moment. What's the larger public good in your mind for taking land that uh, has big chunks of concrete infrastructure on it and is probably filled with all kinds of poisons and toxins left over from the steel mill? What is the positive benefit to uh, the city of Chicago, the public, to make the investment to tear up the concrete, take up the concrete, and remediate the land so it's not filled with toxins. I don't even know how much there are, but let's say there's a lot. What is the... Forget the bears. Just forget about the it, who is on the behalf of. What, in your humble opinion, is the benefit to the public of doing that, absent of any specific development deal? Go. It's beyond... The, finan the financial benefit would be beyond measure. I can tell you that right now. But the public good, it, it had, it's going to happen. Maybe the people who, uh, who are guiding our government right now might not have that uh, in their forethought because, you know, in our government, in our city, it's, everything is about money. And money is very important because, you know, we have to be realistic. You cannot do anything without resources. But the bottom line is to have the vision to have the foresight, to have the courage to make it an uh, issue at the front of this city. They deserve, this people of Chicago deserve to have that lakefront cleaned up. They absolutely do. And to take away anything that might taint it in any way, because it is our source of, of life, drinking water, and uh, our families all the ones of us who are fortunate that don't have well water. We have that lakefront. We have that lake. We have all of that beauty. 
Many people have it to look at every day and to exercise, to go out every day. We have to do this. And what better reason would we have to do it than to make something that's part of Chicago history and Chicago uh, uh, reputation? Sports, is a, this is a sports town. I mean, we love our sports teams. We love them even when they lose. <laughs> we still love them. So if the only reason to uh, compel people who can only see glitter and gold to come forth would be, uh, you know, to draw them in with a plan like that. I mean, it's not my best idea that I would come up with, but I think that it would absolutely start somebody to thinking in the right direction because it's gone too long. The people who live, you know, just a few short years ago, I was in a fight with um, uh, the community about the uh, shores being uh, uh, receding because of all of the water. The water was so high. Uh, the homes and, and property was being damaged. And there's still some issues surrounding cer certain parts of South Shore Drive that are, you know, have eroded because of the water, uh, excessive uh, uh height of the lake at a few is just a few years ago and now you know we have drought but the bottom line of it is they have to shore up the shore anyway so they have to clean it up now when they had money from the federal government to clean up some of those problems that occurred when the water was eroding the lake the shoreline and and it was bothering the the drive they spent it all in certain areas and the people at the south end too bad. They ran out of money at 47th Street, 50, 47th Street. And the people with homes that literally are sitting on that lakefront, I mean, they were left, you know, kind of in a lurch. And I attended some of the meetings that happened. And clearly you could see that, uh, you know, they had no concern whatsoever for this part of the lakefront. Yeah. Well, and so they, they stopped at 47th because they would have gone to 55th, but Hyde Parker's rose in rebellion had taken away the rocks at Promontory Point. So exactly. uh, that it ended at 47th. So my kudos to the, the, the residents of Hyde Park who stood up for their uh, Promontory Point. I support them 100% uh, in that fight. But that, uh, yeah, it's funny. Point. Go, yes, you're right. Yeah, Promontory Point, back in the day, Marie was out on Promontory Point listening to George Clinton, yeah, okay, and yeah, uh, partying with her friends at Hershey. Uh, so, all right. So the, the bottom line of what you're saying uh, is that the city should, because it's the right thing, clean up this huge chunk of, uh, of toxic land. But because it's on the south side, they won't do it. Even though it's the right thing to do, they won't do it. So what they need is an excuse to do the right thing. That's how it works. Or they need an excuse. I'm, this is what I'm taking away from you. They they won't do the right thing just because it's the right thing. They need an excuse to do. They need to make somebody rich in order to, before they do the right thing. It's called okay? the Chicago That's way, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned it. Okay. I'm not from Chicago, but you know. Don't send nobody, <laughs> nobody sent. Okay. Yeah. And, and apparently, the entire South Side of Chicago is, no, is some nobody that nobody sent. That's right. We can't get a grocery store even. We have to pay people oh, to man. sell us groceries. Are you kidding me?
Yeah. <laughs> They'll come up with every excuse not to put a grocery store like 72nd and Jeffrey. Every excuse in the world why they can't put a grocery store there. Meanwhile, they'll put like 20 on the north side. All right. Don't get me started at grocery stores. So uh, no, people, people don't realize, all kidding aside, this is me going on a rant. People don't realize how prejudiced they are. And you started off talking about how you're dedicated to the notion that uh, a diverse community is the best community. And I'm telling you, if you still believe that, you are in such minority in the city of oh, Chicago. Oh, I know it's I, I know it is. I've seen in other places that people can live together. I mean, it's not it's not something that I see often because I've been here all the time. But when I go Where have you places, seen it in the city of Chicago? I, I, I've lived in the city of Chicago since 1981. All I see is segregation everywhere. Well, that's intended, but you know what? I will tell you, I went to Mississippi uh, some years ago when my granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, graduated from high school in Biloxi, Mississippi. And I was just absolutely so amazed at how beautiful the graduation ceremony was. It was about four or 500 kids and they were all kinds of kids and they were black kids and white kids and they all went to school together and it was in Mississippi. So I, you know, and I, I'm not a fan of the South. My parents actually came here from Mississippi and Arkansas and I, I'm not a fan of the South at all. Okay. Even when I was a kid, I used to visit there. I was terrified in the sixties. You know, what my father came from is where the students uh, were uh, murdered when they went down to register people to vote. So I, I, I'm not a fan of down south, even though I know now it's different, but uh, I, I never lived there. My point of it is, is that the people here, sometimes they can't visualize this because everything, everything work. You know, I spent my whole career working at the unemployment. Department of Employment Security. So I was very fortunate. I think I was doing God's work because I traveled around and met all kinds of people that did all kinds of work who were unemployed for this reason or that reason. And I was a special agent. So I had to ask a lot of very intense questions of people about their employment and their private lives and different things that the government needs to know. And it never ceased to amaze me how even though people live in different communities, they still have the different, you know, insight. This plight is the same. You need to go to work and you need to make a living for your family. But certain people have gone to great lengths to deny a segment of the population that experience. So that's why everything is kind of like the roof. The, the chickens are coming home to roost right now. And, you know, it's so sad because I believe that, uh, you know, kids, particularly teenagers nowadays, need to be socialized because um, we don't know what lies ahead in the future. We might need those kids. You know, I remember when kids 17, 18 had to register for the draft. I had a couple of sons. They had to register for the draft. We don't know what lies ahead, what we might need our youth to do for us. We need to be thinking. I was just recently uh, educated that. Uh, black people in this country fought in every war. So I didn't know that black people fought in every war. I didn't know they were around fighting for the freedom they didn't get either. Not every, each and every war. The first, 
the first person to die in the Revolutionary War was a black man for the for the revolt uh, the the col- we learned and you know why I know that because I'm from Rhode Island and we learned about the, like real the Revolutionary history. War was a real big deal history, in Rhode Island. Right? Not, not- well, I mean, no, because was it one of the colony, one of the original thirteen colonies? Mm-hmm. So like when you're in Rhode Island, you learn about Christmas attics and oh, yes. you, you learn the stuff like this. In Illinois, it's like no. uh, Link. They start with Lincoln, right? You know? right. <laughs> but the point. Wait, that's all right. True. So that's let, true, but you know. they, they start with Lincoln. Man, by the way, I just have to say this. You know, you're in trouble, Chicago, when Marie is using Mississippi as an example. Okay. It's better than Chicago. And by the way, Mississippi's got some serious problems. Mississippi has some serious I, problems. I would never. Jackson, the water situation in Jackson is inexcusable. Uh, but I'm going to focus on Chicago. We they could use some of our water. And that's the capital. Yeah, that's the. Capital. Are you kidding me? And you know what? It's no, I'm just trying to show you it's really no different. Even though we're north, I'm saying here that the people's hearts are harder here. I have had some experiences going in and out of businesses, doing audits and different things. They oh, they send you a black woman to come to my business (laughs) to look at my records. And you know, I had a lot of experiences. But one I have to say this, I have always had respectful uh experiences because I that's who I am as a person. But uh I think that uh, people in Illinois uh, have, you know, not had a fair advantage. I mean, the Supreme Court just uh, ruled against affirmative action, so that tells the entire story. No, things change, but they don't necessarily change for improvement. This is one of the things I try to get people to understand because I worked in government my whole life. Every change is not an improvement. Sometimes change is digression. Yeah. Unfortunately. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go back uh, to the Southwark site, because if once you get me on a tangent on that Supreme Court ruling, it's all over for this conversation. So I got to stay focused. Focus, Ben. Focus. Uh, so let's go back to the Southwark site. Uh, all right. So we've established that the only way to get the city to do the right thing uh, is so make sure that somebody rich makes some money off of it. All right. So that's the way it works in the city of Chicago. OK, so the Bears could make a lot of money. Uh, if the city cleans up that site and allows them to build a stadium there, which would probably be the only way the city ever cleans up uh, that site. How would you, as a resident of the area, feel about having the Bears as your neighbor uh, at the Old Southwark site? Well, you know, that I wouldn't be so fond of that, but I would tell you, in all honesty, I would look at the greater good of it. Uh, you know, as a homeowner there, the property value lingered. I live near uh, an industrial uh, company that makes the air smell bad, that you couldn't really sit outside and enjoy your outdoors or barbecue with your family. So uh, if I managed to make it through that for multiple decades and raise my family, I think I could deal with the bears, especially considering that many of the people who have, you know, lived in modest homes that were really built for uh, a long time ago for military people uh, could finally get their property value. Even, unfortunately, the taxes come with that, but you're going to get the taxes anyway. But to have something so big in the community after they've taken our TIF money for so many years and used it in other places and haven't invested very much in the south, uh, w- the southeast side, other than sending toxic companies there to poison us more since we already have poison. They said, well, we already got poison. Let's give them some more poison, okay? <laughs> well, they're not, they're not dead yet. 
it's okay. <laughs> you know, so that would be great to get something that wasn't poisonous <laughs> if they were coming yeah. to clean it up particularly because what my concern is, is this. I, I have heard these stories that, you know, in 30 or 40 years that, you know, the whole country, you know, the droughts and the water shortages and things that will come to some sort of fierce uh, point that I don't want to even think about. But the fact that we have all of this water and so many other places don't have any is a concern. So should we be good stewards of our uh, blessings and our resources and make sure that the contamination left from U.S. steel as a matter of fact, I don't even think U.S. Steel should be allowed to own that land anymore. I think they should take it away from them because they've had all this opportunity to clean it up or to develop it, and they haven't done anything with it. They're still holding on to it. And not very far away in Indiana, they're still operating steel mills, poisoning and putting more chemicals in the water. So I don't think that they should be allowed I know it's a big corporation and they're very powerful still, but I feel like they had an opportunity. I think that eminent domain is in order. I feel that the people who are the powers that be in the city of Chicago, the county of Cook and the state of Illinois and the federal government all should pull into the pool. Not just one, they all should pay into a fund. The federal government, especially for even allowing it to happen, and they should all clean it up regardless to whether it's developed or not. How about that? Yeah. I think that is. Wow. That, if I was in charge. That's, that's the point I was making. Yeah. Or if I was Donald Trump, even since everybody listens to him for unknown reasons, <laughs> I would make that a priority. They would have to do it. Well, uh, I could tell you right now. Uh, uh, an argument could be made. Eminent domain is when uh, government seizes private land on the grounds uh, that there's a greater public use for the government okay. taking control of the land. Uh, and so generally when that happens, they have to compensate the landowner. So in this case, if uh, Marie were Mayor Marie uh, and she uh, exercised the city's authority to uh, seize the land, uh, the, the city of Chicago would have to pay U.S. Steel for the land that once was U.S. Steel. You, you just don't get it. You, I mean, you get it. Uh, the courts have generally recognized cities' power of eminent domain, but then you have to pay them. I'll give them uh, one dollar. that would be part of the process. <laughs> one dollar. <laughs> Good luck with that in court. <laughs> oh, my God. You would see all these lawyers lined up against you. Uh, what a frivolous lawsuit, Your Honor. Um, but this boy, is Chicago. This is the Chicago. This is the city that works. And this yeah, is Illinois. And you know, a lot of strange <laughs> things have happened in Illinois. Yeah, it's true. Don't. Uh, so, all right. Uh, so let's go back to this as a uh, perspective bear site. Uh, when when uh, Del Marie Cobb came on my show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Southside political strategist, uh, and urged uh, that. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because this is so Chicago, Marie. This is just so Chicago. She wrote a column, uh, which she disseminated uh, on the Internet, uh, urging the Bears to move to the south side. And immediately, immediately, <laughs> the powers that be, oh, no, we can't go to the south side. That's ridiculous. What a, what a ridiculous problem. I told Del Marie, man, they really they came all out to shoot your idea down. You were on the wrong side of the lake. 
Uh, and here the Sun-Times wrote, the McCaskey family that owns the Bears is not headed to the Southside Lakefront, which is far from many fans and has no easy highway access. So first thing I did when I read that, I called uh, Sue Garza, the alder woman, the former alder woman, I should mm-hmm. say, of the 10th Ward. And she goes, no, Ben, that's not true. There is easy access. Easy the access. The Skyway has an right there. And then she told me about the Dave Matthews concert, which I completely forgotten, where people were taking the metro yeah. and walked there. Okay. You know, so it's they come up with all kinds of excuses. There is easy access. And then here's the part the that kills me. The toll road is right there. The toll road. The toll road. That we're paying, for, by the way, we don't get any proceeds Hello? of that. Don't get me started uh-huh. on the toll. So then we go. The other one is, uh, is far for many fans. I'm like, first of all, there's fans on the south side. Lot, tons of Bears fans in the south suburbs and on the south side of Chicago. You better tons of Bears fans in northern Indiana, I might Will add. County? Okay. They're all out there. So why are we worried about, they're going to be inconvenienced if you go to Arlington Heights or Waukegan. They're going to be inconvenienced. You're not worried about them being inconvenienced. What do you care if some Arlington Heights Bears fan has to go to the south side? It's just a bear fan in a car. What do you care which bear fan is more inconvenient? Have you been to Arlington Heights lately? Uh, I must confess, I've not been there since they toured the race. I used to go to the racetrack, so I've not been there since. Well, I mean, Arlington Heights is, is you know, (laughs) it's not like right there. I guess it is if you live west. But here's the thing. I've been all... I've been up and down every highway in Illinois, and I can tell you that that lakefront spot is the crown jewel. They would be, and you know what? They could, it's amazing. Like, people don't like to do good. They don't like to do good. They just want to do, they, it's all of the politicians, you know, it's like a perpetual uh, election all the time. It's campaign, campaign, campaign. It's like, I'm so dizzy. I used to really enjoy politics, but, you know, the thing about it is it never ends. The thing is, if you want to do something really important and really life-changing as a leader of something, I would that would be me. I'm not saying I don't like money. I love money. I spend it all the time. The bottom line is this, though. They have enough resources. There's enough rich, wealthy corporations, companies, and individuals in Illinois and Chicago to make this happen. Politically, uh, financially, and altruistic values taken into account, they would be great people historically. So let me put it, ask you this, uh, every single one of these articles about the overtures made by various towns, like I uh, just talked about, uh, Richard Irvin, the mayor of Aurora writing his letter to Kevin Warren, uh, the mayor of Naperville, the mayor of Waukee the mayor of Arlington Heights, they all have, the, uh, a request mayor Brandon Johnson right here in Chicago, although they were seem to be talking about soldier field. Uh, let, let me meet with you. And then there's a meeting with Kevin Warren. Would you, Marie, and your some of your neighbors be willing to invite Kevin Warren, president of the Chicago Bears, uh, down to the South Side, oh show goodness. him? I would just, I would give my IT to just have a good conversation with him to come over on one of these lovely July days, so he could see how beautiful it looks from this view, from this end. Because I know they're seeing it from over there, but it's even more beautiful over here because it's it's less busy. It's very beautiful. The land, the lakefront, everything is just, I mean, it's amazing. 
Well, Kevin Warren, come on. <laughs> you got to take her up on that. Uh, she's a proud graduate of Hirsch High School. She's lived in the city of Chicago her whole life. She's a football fan, I think, right? Aren't you a football yeah, fan? Yeah, I'm a football fan. Okay. Are you kidding F- me? Football. <laughs> she, she has stayed loyal to the Chicago Bears for all these years. She even forgave you. Well, it's not your fault, Kevin Warren, for drafting Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. She even forgave you for that. Okay? So accept her invitation. Go see. Don't listen to what? The downtown business community tells you, go take a look at the South Side yourself. Uh, you may like what you see, okay? You may go, oh, my goodness. It's not so bad down here. I shouldn't have listened to all those big shots downtown. Uh, all right, Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. You're a blast to talk to. Anytime, Ben. Anytime. Just call me up. I'll give, you the, I'll give it to you straight. You will. And uh, yeah, no, you passed the audition. You are going to be a regular. Uh, and now that you downloaded the app, you're ready to go. Hey, Ben, just, they're just a bunch yeah. of chumbalonies. Yeah. Okay. That's a, Chicago, that's a different Chicago columnist. I know that guy. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Cass, you got some yeah. love on the South Side. Uh, all right. Very good. Uh, Marie Collins Wright, thank you so much. Take care, uh, darling. All right. I'll it was talk a to pleasure. you real soon. Yes, the pleasure was mine. Uh, That's Marie. I'm Ben. Take care, everybody. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.